All right. Welcome back, Sarah. So thank you for all of you who are listening via Patreon. We are here with all the added extras from our episode three with Sarah Bailey, the official queen of steam herself who has been with us. Um, if you just listened to the longer version of our podcast, we talked all about the things that she loves to read and write and her processes and all that good stuff. And now we're going to talk about the really good stuff. So... <laughs> Let's just jump right into it. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned when we were talking about something you discovered about yourself when it comes to writing smutty romance is that you're a little more kinky than you thought you were going to be. So, I, without fully disclosing anything personal, let's talk about the kinks that you love to write first and why. So, you've got some pretty common ones that pop up in your books often, which lends me to believe that you seem to enjoy writing some maybe more than others. Talk to me a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah, um, I think, okay, one of the biggest things I kind of learned about myself is, uh, is uh, I'm going to straight up say this, I have praise kink, um, <laughs> and that's fine, but what I did not realise is, especially after writing for Horseman, is I like a bit of degradation as well, so those two I really love writing, like, I love that dynamic, um, especially when it's both. So they praise you while they're degrading you. Uh, yes. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's a little uh, more than just good girl. It's like good little fucking horror kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Good little slut. <laughs> That's right. Take it, take a good little slut, things like that. Um, yeah. And so that features quite heavily in my work now. Um, but I don't, you know, and a lot of the time what I'll do is I'll combine kinks together to, uh, so they're not all just the same. Um, and if we talk about the four horsemen, the four, all four of the horsemen had very set, had separate kinks, uh, which were, very fun to write. Um, I, I very much love writing Primal, which is obviously one of Prescott's kinks. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there is a general misconception about Primal kink, that it is only chasing. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, there's a lot more that goes into Primal kink. Primal kink is all about anim being animalistic. So there's like biting, claiming. I would even say that sort of like the breeding kink kind of can fall into um, the primal kink because it's mm -hmm. about like marking them so like if someone likes to mark you with their cum that is definitely like a primal thing and it smells and it's kind of this idea of being like animalistic and, and sometimes people will uh, identify as being a, a certain type of animal like a wolf or a bear mm -hmm. you know and it's more than just I'm going to chase you through the woods it's I'm going to bite you I'm going to claim you I'm going to mark you with my scent I'm going to like make animalistic noises and i'm gonna you know it's predator and prey but like on steroids um yeah. Yeah. so but but everyone just assumes that it's chasing and i'm like no it has to be more than that so when you read like especially with uh prescott he likes to bite her he mm -hmm. bites her a lot like he likes to mark her and say this is mine like mm -hmm. there is no doubt in your mind that this you know, and it's the same with obviously our lovely Rory as well from the Devil Syndicate. Um, he likes to mark Ash. No, Rory, yeah. my, <clears throat> I can't even. I just. I love Prescott. I mean, I love the Four Horsemen, but there's a special place in my heart for Rory. There will always be. But yes, uh, it yeah. is. 
And it's, it's more than just running through the forest. <laughs> yeah, the like when, but you yeah. know, for Rory, like the primal kink is combined with his uh, need for CNC, which is consent, non-consent, which is mm -hmm. your consenting to be forced. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something I also like exploring as well, like heavily. Um, it's uh, I find it very interesting, like the idea of you know. It's a. I don't like to call it a rape fantasy, but to me, because it's the rape is not consensual, whereas this is a mm -hmm. consensual act between two people. So I like to make the important distinction that this is CNC. Um, and sometimes I think people also get that mixed up with primal because CNC is a is a separate thing that you have to kind of say. I'm okay that you're going to force me and I'm going to okay. pretend that you're forcing me and you can really get into it obviously but it's like accepting someone chasing you through the woods is very different to accepting someone who's going to force you because you can chase someone through the woods and have no CNC in it like yeah you know where that's uh the second time that we have a primal scene in the four horsemen there is zero that was I'm going to chase you down and then we're going to Right. get down and dirty in the mud when it's raining, mm -hmm. which I found <laughs> was my more fa actually my more favourite scene because it was very muddy and messy and uh, that made me discover something about myself because I was like, they literally just had sex in a club voyeuristic sex in a club and then, mm -hmm. he go, and then he goes and chases her I was like, I need more of this like, it's combining his two kinks together Yeah. Um, so it's very fun to do that I think <laughs> Well, and I think that's more realistic. I mean, because the reality is for those of you who follow us and read and are part of the community, I mean, we're not defined by one particular kink. Most people are not. Um, they, whatever it is that appeals to you or that you practice, it's, there's a ton of overlap. There's a ton of overlap. Exactly. Kink um, is customizable to someone's personal preferences absolutely absolutely um and i think that's when we see that in books i think that's where you know that's what mm. kind of pulls a lot of us into the kinkier reads is and i think you did a really great job with that with the four horsemen you've done that with a lot of your books but specifically with mm -hmm. the four horsemen you there was a lot of com combining of kinks not just within themselves and their interactions with the heroine but even between the heroes themselves there was a lot of overlap yeah. there too right yeah and so yeah, if you're developing was. something like a group scene, because there's quite a few of those in the Four Horsemen there, you know, mm -hmm. what is your thought process as you're kind of going through that? I mean, when you're, and I know a lot of it just kind of develops as, you're un, as the scene is unfolding, mm -hmm. but with each of them, did you have an idea of what their like mainstream kink was before you got into the development of the story itself? And did it lend to that throughout or did you find that changed as you were kind of moving through the development of that book, those books? Um, I kind of had an idea of what they were into mm -hmm. uh, and it did sort of develop over time when I kind of realized, okay, they all have their own very separate kinks, but I didn't really know how far they would go until I started like actually writing the first book, like really getting into writing the first book. Then I realized, okay, there's a lot more to this. Like there's a lot more like stuff. And I, I like, I knew Drake had a blood kink. I knew Prescott liked to watch. I knew mm -hmm. he liked to chase. I knew uh, Frankie was into Shibari. I obviously knew West was into um, knife play. What I did not know about West until I wrote kind of like the third book was that he was into degradation. 
Uh, my favourite scene is the scene where she goes to him and asks him to degrade her. Yeah. That That's scene <laughs> stuck with me for days after I wrote it because mm -hmm. it's such a powerful scene. Like, and I think people tend to kind of like forget this when they're reading kink is there is a lot that goes on into behind the scenes of that that kink scene. Like they're mm -hmm. not it's not just about oh it's really kinky. Like there is emotion there. That, that is built over that entire period of time and the person that she runs to at that point is Wes because she, she something in her, she knows him, she trusts him. Yeah. Like, even though they've done all the shit that she's just like, what the fuck about? Mm -hmm. She still goes to him because he is the person who's always, yeah, actually, when, throughout their entire life has been her safe place. Yeah. Uh, more than even just Frankie, which she, had, yeah. you know, they have that bond. And so... She then gives up entire her entire control to this person that she has loved her entire life. And it's like this really meaningful scene, even though it's very hot, very kinky, it's quite extreme. Um, but you can tell you it's to help her heal. And that I think is the most important part that people don't really look at it. You know, I see too many my voice actually was talking about that with a friend yesterday. Like so many people just don't see beyond the kink in my mm -hmm. books. And I would like to more people to see beyond just it's kinky it's like there is emotion and like story there that oh, yeah. plays into why they have those kinks and why they've why they do those with those particular people you know well there's something so. extremely powerful in reading a character like in the situation where they're willing to literally give the hero or the heroine Mm -hmm. We typically see it with the heroine, but also with the hero, whatever they need in that specific moment with full yeah. acceptance and everything else. Like nothing matters at this moment other than what you need from me right now. And I am here to give it yeah. to you and make it all better when it's done. <laughs> you know, and exactly. I think that's part of it too, is the you know, the aftercare that we see in books, like you said, mm -hmm. to me, the before, the before and aftercare is huge the planning of a scene like in the real world the planning mm -hmm. of a scene yeah. is huge we don't see it very often yeah. in our books sometimes we do right where they've talked about it yeah. or we refer to it that it was talked about well, i think we see more and more aftercare now than we have before mm -hmm. but that is an extremely powerful moment that happens and everyone's aftercare is going to look different right so our character's yeah. aftercare needs to look different as well i mean sometimes it might be a warm shower and cuddling and other people it might be like here's your favorite snack and a stuffed animal i'll be back to yeah. check on you later you know yeah um I think like one of the things people have said to me is that they didn't really see a lot of aftercare and dark romance until they read The Four Horsemen. And that was one of the more powerful things of that series is the fact that there is always aftercare, even after like the first time that they have group sex, mm -hmm. Fra Francis takes care, care of her. He like takes her back. He dresses her. He like cleans her up. They clean her up, even though she's like passed out. They right. still give her aftercare. And they put her to bed and yeah they might not be there in the morning but they've done something to make sure that she is like she's okay. taken care of even when she's unconscious and you can tell even though that's a really brutal scene mm -hmm. they took care of her afterwards and it might not be enough for some people but to me it was important to show that they actually do care about this person even though they've done doing a lot of bullshit mm -hmm. they do care about it and i think actually one of the biggest things that is not when is non-sexual aftercare is when 
at the end of obviously book one what they make her do uh and then after that again francis takes care of her he like completely breaks in the shower and he just takes care of her yeah and then you you have that moment where he you know she cut she's like can't deal with everything and he wraps her up in his shibari ropes and he like you know he takes care of her even though she's been through this horrific experience someone is always there to look after yeah. her afterwards and i think that's an important thing about like especially the series is you can see every time they do care even if they're doing horrible shit like right <laughs> you know yeah i mean they're it's really psychopaths but when it comes to her yes. they make sure that she's always taken care of yeah and I, you know and i think it's it's and i did enjoy seeing that in your books because in a poly situation or a white shoes situation when we mm -hmm. read white shoes right it's not necessary it doesn't have to be always it doesn't have to be the person who's doing the harm in the scene harm quote unquote in yes. the scene that provides the aftercare right no. because there's sometimes that like in the, in your books frankie was that person for her and in the real life it's <laughs> that way too i mean i was recently yeah. at our club here in orlando and watched a scene being played out where when it was over it was her girlfriend that came in and provided the aftercare and her boyfriend left yeah. you know and so in in getting to know that couple and speaking to them like that is the that that's how they do it that's what works for them which i think brings in a whole other level of the fact that kink is customizable like what works for you yeah. is what's most important and what, when we see that when we get to see that as readers in books it's super powerful yeah and i think it's it's exploring also the fact that not all of not all kink is sexual um particularly when it comes to frankie and scarlet he uses kink as a tool to make her feel safe like he wraps her up in his bindings like twice he has to do that in the books um and i didn't even plan to do that i didn't plan to do that it just happened because yeah. that's the sort of the person he is like he became that carer he is like the carer of the group he takes care of them and that's kind of what like is he's always like from when they were kids he's played a caretaker role for scarlet so it was yeah. kind of natural for him to play that role with her um and then she eventually ends up taking care of him which uh she gives him that back after yeah. in book three where he has to go and do something to to protect his family and she, he comes back and she takes care of him and it's mm -hmm. like you can see that role reversal and it's such a beautiful moment between the two of yeah. them where she's like i want you to be safe i want you to feel safe and that's why i think it's a bit one of the biggest building blocks of their relationship is that yeah. like he's always taking care of her and she and now he finally has someone to take care of him back and i think yeah. for frankie that was necessary and it's like it's not always about the heroine at the end of the day the 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 men need some aftercare as well. And that proved that, like, how important that is for healing, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there's lots of things with that. Yeah, the hmm. shifts in the dynamic that you see that, yeah. um, that you just, that, that, you, that you grow to love, really. Yes, um, exactly. I recently read a book where the hero was basically like i know you don't need this but i do like let me carry yeah. you on like i and i and i love that we're seeing that more and more in books where we're seeing the hero expressing what they need as well instead of them just mm -hmm. being this big like oh i can do all the things alpha male like those tender yeah. moments that you do see bring that realistic um part to yeah those that's, that's one of the things that I'm uh, like currently working on, one of the 
I won't say too much, but one of the guys is a submissive mm. and he has to kind of say, this is what I want. And when, and the, when they first have sex, he kind of says, this is what I need to give yeah. you what you need. Yeah. And so she ends up doing that. And obviously it's a really beautiful, that, that, that scene is like really emotional for me, but um, I didn't realize how emotional it's going to be, but like, it's it's an interesting thing to see like to write someone who is from a male perspective who is not the dominant one in yeah. a relationship and he actually says this is what i need because i can't give you what you need if you i don't get that and right. i feel like that's a very important lesson for people to learn is sometimes you have to give the other person what they need regardless of their gender so that right. that you can you know and that's it's like a two-way exchange and that, I think, is an important lesson is like sex or anything to do with it is not one way. It's always a two way exchange. And especially in kink, it should always mm -hmm. be two way street. Yeah, um, absolutely. All right. I've got one final question for you, because, of course, we're already out of time. Um, <laughs> and so research. What is the craziest thing you've had to Google in order to put one of these scenes together? And where do you get the information for all this stuff? It doesn't have to do with the bloodbath. I, I feel like we've cheated everybody because we've not talked about the bathtub of blood. However, I feel like you've done enough interviews and there's been enough conversations about it that we could probably get away with it. <laughs> what is, uh, what is like, the hardest thing? I mean, you, you uh, the craziest thing, God, actually, it's not really been very many sexual things that they've had to like Google. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the time, I, I do Google, obviously, because some stuff I don't know and I'm just like, okay, let's go research this, let's go ask, let's go make sure we're going to do what we need to do. But sometimes I just, like, to be honest, the most craziest thing I've ever researched is, like, uh, how most of the time it's like how to dispose of dead bodies <laughs> in a way that is not, like, the norm. And the thing I had to recently learn is about how, um, okay, the weirdest thing I've learned recently is that um, pigs, don't, pigs will eat people. Okay. but they won't they can't digest human teeth or hair so yeah so if you want to get rid of all remains you have to make sure you remove those first and the one of the ways to deal with that is to put those in a lye solution and that will dissolve them but the pigs will literally eat the rest oh and also to break down the bones to small pieces so that they can eat them so there you go. Yeah, thank you. I'm so happy to ask that question. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, so it's not sexual. just our horror and thriller writers, folks, that do this kind of research. It's also our romance writers. <laughs> I'm sorry it wasn't sexual, because, like, the sexual stuff <laughs> I, I Google is not even... That it's not even that shocking to be quite honest. I did not Google the bloodbath. I just wrote that because me and Asha talked about it, and she was like, "It has to be human blood." And I was like, "Fine, we'll make sure." Because I suggested in the first place it should be cow blood, or and she was like, "No, it has to be human blood." I was like, "Really? I mean, okay." It follows this kink. I just it, it does. And we've talked about this before, but I swear his like creeping around in that entire scene just <laughs> up to mischief. I I loved every minute of it. I was like, that motherfucker, what is he doing with these bodies? And sure enough, you will see. You will see what he's doing. But it definitely makes <laughs> I don't even just... think Drake realized that it would turn into that. 
one of them realized what it would turn into and they're like oh shit well let's just go it was this whole well let's just go along with it because we're never going to do something like this again no no, no. (laughs) one of the best scenes ever absolutely Awesome. Well, Sarah, we are out of time again. Thank you so much for recording this extra little bit for our patrons. For those of you who are out there, thank you so much for your monthly support on our platform here and all things Smut Lovers. One final question, Sarah. Are we going to see you for the conference September 2023? Um, I don't know yet. Putting the pressure on. We'll ask you again in the future. All right. We are done. Thank you guys again. Have a awesome, awesome rest of your week. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.